Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. Today, I'm here with Kids Ways. <laughs> Hello. So, you're born in Amiens. I'm not France? born in Amiens, but I'm living in Amiens. Oh, you're living? So yeah. where were you born then? Uh, in the south, in a city called Montpellier. Oh. Then I moved to... Uh, not, yeah, I did move to Paris, like near about Paris, and then went to Amiens. Now I'm living in Amiens. Mm-hmm. Where are your parents from? Um, I think they're both from the south. Yeah, they're both from the south. Uh, yeah, they've, 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 they've lived there their whole life, and then they moved to Paris pretty much when I was born. Mm-hmm. What do they do? Uh, my dad is working for his own society, and my mother, uh, she's just working on, uh, I don't know how you, how you say it, but like when you call people to offer services and stuff, I don't know, I don't know what it's called, mm-hmm. but pretty much that's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> Where do you get your musical side from? Um, I guess my dad, not that he's like very musical or anything, but he do, he plays piano, and uh, when I was a kid, they tried to teach me piano. It worked out for a bit and then I stopped because we moved out and I was just not, motiva- not motivated. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so my dad has been playing piano for a while and whenever... Like he likes to show off. My dad is kind of like that. <laughs> he's a very fun person. So whenever we have like people around, he's gonna play piano. Whenever <laughs> we're at home, sometimes he's bored, so he's like composing on his electronic, uh, yeah, electronic piano. Like making his own tunes and stuff. Oh, wow. He's and the original yeah. producer in her family. <laughs> He's the real producer of the family, actually. He's the one producer. He's the ghost dreams. producer. Yeah. But yeah. What kind of music were your parents playing in the house when you were growing up? Um, pretty much everything. Uh, like, they didn't actually try to... My dad always liked the same artists and stuff. But whenever we listened to, to music, it wasn't listening to, to CDs and stuff. We listened to, the, to some CDs. Uh, which were like kind of Linkin Park, a French artist called um, Georgia Goldman, which my dad is a huge fan of, a lot of Mac Montfleur. My mother doesn't have a musical side, like she doesn't really play her music and stuff, it's mainly my dad. Mm. But then, uh, like as a kid, I went on the internet super quickly, like maybe when I was nine or ten, I started using the internet frequently. Oh, wow. they like so, you? Yeah. Yeah, they let me. My parents were very nice about it. My dad was <laughs> playing games, so they let me play games on his computer. So that's how I got into computing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I discovered my music, the music I liked myself. And then I was asking my parents to buy me CD at a very young age. So I was listening to like fr- French pop music stuff that was not even good, but like I was a kid. Oh. So yeah, I got Do you remember my... the first CD? Uh, not really. I guess one of the first I got was actually a Linkin Park CD because I was a huge fan because of my dad. Mm. And I still am. Were you in some bands? Sorry? Were you in bands? Yeah, I was in a band uh, when I was 15. I got into my first band. So my friends already had a band for a while, like maybe one or two years before I joined. But they didn't have a singer. And I was friends with them and I knew that they were looking for one. But I, like, I, I didn't really know how to sing. I was just like... Like, hey, maybe I can join and do something with you guys. So that's kind of what I did. I just went up to them. I was like, so yeah, I know you guys are looking for a singer. 
uh, why not me? Then mm-hmm. they were like, okay, we'll try it out. But do, were you always a singer? <laughs> like you knew that you could sing? No. <laughs> it was just more about not being alone anymore at home and playing video games, but more like having something to do with my friends, mm-hmm. which I was seeing a lot at school, but I wasn't going out that much. Yeah, I've always been a nerd. Do you so. like singing a lot? What? Do you like singing a not lot? Not even. Like, it, like I said, now? it was... Now it's a bit different because I've experienced with it a lot. But yeah, I was in this band and so I was singing, it wasn't good, but at least we had fun. We played uh, one show together, I think, two shows, and it was fun. And then they dropped me out because I was not going to, uh, to the rehearsals anymore. <laughs> and I was just like being lazy and stuff, so they kicked me out. <laughs> so I guess it's deserved. <laughs> but at that time, my parents bought me my first guitar because they saw that I was involved into music and that's how I actually got into producing. Did you like school? <sighs> no. <laughs> I'm, a very, I'm, I'm very bad at school. I was very bad at school, I'm not at school anymore. Your parents didn't push you to study? They did. So the situation the situation was uh, so for like before high school, like middle school and stuff, I was doing great. I was doing just okay. And maybe I don't know how places work there, but pretty much in the mid, in the middle of middle school. Um, I kind of started being myself pretty much like I, I've always been like I said on the internet and stuff so I've, I've developed my personality very early and using stuff like whatever like YouTube or Facebook and just talking to people online and I wasn't very like my parents were educated of course like they've always been there behind me but the main education that I was getting for myself was on the internet because I was learning a lot I was reading a lot I was talking to people a lot so I've learned a lot about myself as a young age and as, yeah at a young age <laughs> and so I've always been I've always been a bit rebellious about everything. Mm. Not anymore, but I was as a kid. And so it was always about oh fuck school, this is bad, I don't like it, I just wanna do my own thing. Which was nothing at the time, I was just playing video games. But yeah, so school was pretty much like that. It was just me going to school because my parents were asking me. I didn't like it and I was getting bad grades. In high school, I started skipping class a lot, so that's bad as well. To play games? Yeah, uh, not not necessarily. I started producing pretty much in high school, so mm. sometimes it was mainly because I didn't like school that I was skipping. But like a lot of times it was after that, so maybe in the middle of high school as well, I started skipping because I just wanted to make music and stay at home and do my own thing. What did your parents think of that? Uh, they hated it. They they've always pushed me to just go to school and then figure it out. So that's kind of what I did. Like basically I finished high school, got my degree because even though I didn't like it, I was good at school. <laughs> so I was getting very bad grades, but mainly because I was not working. Otherwise, whenever there was something coming up and I knew what it was about, mm-hmm. even though I was sleeping in class or not even going to class anymore, I was just getting, like I had the knowledge to get good grades, but I just wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I got my degree yeah. <laughs> because of that. Even <laughs> though I missed, I missed like pretty much all the classes and was getting bad grades, like terrible grades during all the year long. Yeah. I was just able to to pass. And then I went to college. And college they were like, okay, so just go to college, see if you like it, and if you don't, well, you can drop out but for a year, maybe two, and then we'll see what happens. And that's when that's when music started to pop off. So I didn't have to go back to school anymore. What were you gonna study in college? Uh, I studied language. So Chinese and English mainly. Really? Yeah. Well, what what do you like about that? Uh, I was well I've got I was pretty bad in English for my whole uh, teenage life and I don't know just by going on the internet more and more I learned English by myself 
and so yeah, the, the main thing I was really good at in France, because France is not very cultured about English language, go figure out why. Like everything we have is in French and everything that is in English is translated to French. So we don't actually learn English that much mm. unless you're like working very hard at school, which is not the case for most students. <laughs> so I got good at English through the internet and even like my language and stuff. So I really liked it. Mm -hmm. And so that was the only thing I was doing really well at in school. How about Chinese? Uh, Chinese, uh, it was because the language course I went into was teaching two languages, two main languages. The first one I was in was English and the second one was Chinese. Oh, so you didn't have a choice? No, I did have a choice with two other languages, but I don't remember what they were, but I chose, I chose Chinese because it kind of makes sense. Yeah, you're the first person I've ever met who studied <laughs> Chinese. I, I studied for, for like three weeks, four weeks, and then I dropped out. <laughs> I didn't stay in college too, like so long. Because <laughs> the main thing was so I was, I, I was already living in Amiens. I've been living in Amiens for like when I started high school, pretty much. And the university I was going to was so far away from my home. Mm -hmm. So I had to, like round trip, it was pretty much two hours. And me, or, me being already a super lazy person and not going to school that much, two hours round trip just to go to school and study when I didn't even like it, just didn't make sense. Yeah. So I was not going anymore until some point and then uh, just thought and my parents were like okay. How did you get your music out there initially? Uh, just put it through SoundCloud. Uh, at first it wasn't anything serious, it was basically me playing around my guitar and posting it on SoundCloud to show it to my friends on Facebook. And that was pretty much it, that's where it stopped. But how did people <laughs> like outside of your friend group find it? <laughs> so I went, I started going on Reddit uh, after, I don't know, maybe like five, six months of producing. I didn't know anything about the website, but I just discovered it like that, and I found this thing, which was, I think, Future Beats producer or something, mm -hmm. which was the first thing that actually got me into Future Bass, because when I started, I was a Future Bass producer, <laughs> which is surprising, but yeah. Uh, and yeah, I found some people like that. I found my, co my first collective called Nikom, which was pretty much like seven, how much are we now? But yeah, it was pretty much like four or five people at the time, uh, which were on this subreddit and just making music together. And we were just, yeah, it was it was at a time where collectives were popping off, so like moving castles, so yeah. and all that. So we were just like, hey, let's make our own and try to do something. So I met Howl, which was a producer in there, uh, which at the time was um, Orwell. And so yeah, he was one of the first few producers that I met that I talked to. And he knew Maniacula, he knew Chris. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, he showed my music to Chris and Chris was like, hey, this is great. And I don't remember really how, but like someday he messaged me on Twitter and was like, hey, let's make a song together. And it was the Caribou remix that we made together. Oh. And that's how it happened. And the Caribou remix pretty much gave me all the visibility that, that I have now. Mm -hmm. And so, so that musically and Industry-wise, I met Brett Blackman, mm -hmm. which has been on an interview here, and he helped me a lot. He taught, he taught me pretty much everything I know about the industry now, oh, wow. and it was very helpful. I've always seen the music industry side as a like as a game myself because I've always liked to to take things by myself and like learn everything about. Like I'm not a big learner in, in most things, but what I'm very interested in. I'm gonna work my ass off to make sure it's perfect. 
So the in my industry side at the time, I was trying to make it perfect. I didn't have a manager, I didn't have anything, it was just myself. And yeah, I was trying to make sure that everything I was doing made sense, that I was taking the right decisions, and that, I don't know, release-wise, even though I didn't have much plans or anything, make sure that everything was ready for release and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Were you ever afraid of getting into the music industry too young, that people will like, you know, schemish or...? I was, I was scared that people would, would not take me seriously. Mm. That was the, the main... And I, and I still am, because I'm only 20. So now that I, have, that I have management and stuff, it's pretty easy, like it's easier. But at the time, it was very hard to like reach out to people and be like, hey, I'm this 16-year-old guy, or 17, I don't remember, and ask for help or ask for a release plan or anything. Hello, child. <laughs> So yeah, at the time it was very hard, but I, I, just, like, I just pushed through. I, I just liked it so much, I didn't see what else I could do or would do. <laughs> really? What? <laughs> the stuff that I see on sidewalk. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I just really liked what I was doing and... I don't know. I, I, like I said, I didn't see myself doing anything else. Like, I didn't like studying. There was nothing I was really involved in. And... Just made, like when I was going to school, just going back home and starting working on a track, or just taking back on the tracks I started the, the, the day before, was the only thing I was actually looking forward to. So that's what I did. I just kept making music. How did you find your management? Um, so I released a lot. Like a lot of the tracks that are successful were successful on the project, were self-released, and I think he reached out after comeback. I think so. Yeah. So Comeback was the first big release that I had. Originally it was just an instrumental that I put on SoundCloud because I liked it. That's pretty much it, there was nothing behind it. Mm -hmm. And then Nash picked it up and sang on it and like reached out to me and was like, hey, can, do you want to make a feature out of it and stuff? So Nash sang on it and it became Comeback featuring Nash, which was amazing. Like I was not a big producer or anything. So to me it was amazing. Was and it? Yeah. yeah, it just reached out like that. It was random, like it's so yeah. random. Was it difficult going from doing remixes to making original music? No, I feel like a lot been... of people got stuck doing too much remix, you know? I've... I made a lot of originals, I never made a lot of remixes. Mm. If you go through... well, I don't have them anymore, I deleted all the, the old tracks because they were just not reflecting what I'm doing now. But at the time I was just like making a lot of originals, I was just writing original ideas, was not making too many remixes. And the Caribou remix out of maybe three other songs maybe four or five like I'm yeah that's pretty much it I pretty much had like five six remixes and 20 originals something like that maybe more because mm -hmm. I was deleting tracks as I went was, so yeah was it a conscious decision that you always want to do originals and you didn't want to be stuck as a remix person <laughs> well I was not a remix person yeah so like that's how it started I, I feel like a lot of producers I know are kind of stuck in this because they were like okay how do I create my own sound now but I always had my technically my own sound, but it's, it's all, like it, it, it evolved mm -hmm. through time. Did but you ever think it's difficult, like going out on originals? Because I feel like a lot of producers do remixes to like get more of their music out there, and originals is like hard to market. It's oh. hurting from the beginning. Yeah, it's kind of true. It didn't really happen like that to me because I don't know. Like I, I feel like the ideas that I had were good. Mm -hmm. Like I think I, I'm a good 
songwriter. So whatever I'm gonna write, since the beginning has always been kind of great. Like I knew that I, that I was going the right direction, but I didn't have any other meaning to put it out. So like, for instance, the tracks I'm singing on, uh, which are pretty much all of them that are not features now, <laughs> like most of them. Uh, like when I was not singing, I was like, okay, this could be a great vocal line or this could be this. And yeah, I had a lot of ideas like that. So to me, it was just making sure that the idea was right. And then even though I didn't have the tools, like I was not good at producing or even playing guitar or whatever, I was just making sure that the idea was right. Mm -hmm. Then putting it out, even though it was not complete. Uh... Which is what I've kind of been doing with Beauvoir, which is my side project. Like, Beauvoir has always been about this. Like, I started Beauvoir because I wanted to start singing on tracks, but I didn't have a real voice. So I just, one day I started making a Chet Faker cover, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna sing on it because it's kind of close to my voice. And, and I put it out because I just didn't want to release Turkey Twist because it didn't make sense. And I wanted to still see what people thought of it. And it did not blow up, but like it did really well on SoundCloud, people reacted really well to it. So I was like, I'm just gonna keep going through doing this. Like, I'm just gonna keep doing this. Yeah. To keep doing, uh, yeah, English. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And and I kept singing more and more and more and more until I started singing on K twice, pretty much. Mm. And then when I've got all the ideas together, it was even easier for me to write originals. And now it's just pretty much only originals, except if I find like a very good track that I love and put a remix out of it. But it's. Like, it's not what I'm looking to do. How did Slow Hours come about? Um, so Slow Hours originally was a Facebook conversation, pretty much. Uh, it was just... So it started three, two or three years ago when I was talking to Astra, which is part of Slow Hours, and we pretty much liked each other's music, but it, like that was it. And those guys, so everybody else except uh, apart from uh, Rusty Hook, was already they were already friends and talking to a lot. Like talking to each other a lot. And yeah, someday I got invited to the Facebook group, pretty much. Like they had a conversation with, so it was Suken, Lane, uh, Culture, Astra, Clemson. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. So they invited me to the conversation and we became friends very quickly. And about the end of that year, which was I think in 2015, we decided to create Solaris because we had that idea in mind. So we created it kind of clueless, like we didn't know if we were going to make a band, if we were going to make a collective or anything. And for, <laughs> for maybe a year and a half we tried to make songs, like originals or just even like covers, no, not covers, but like remixes together or uh, making a compilation of tracks that we all made and then like put out as lovers. I don't know, we tried to figure it out and we never did. So there was like, damn. So there was like a year in between announcing flowers and doing actual, actual, like actually doing something with flowers. Hmm. How did you meet Chelsea Cutler? Uh, through Twitter as well. Uh, she was putting covers at the time, and I just reached out because I liked her stuff, and I was like, "Hey, let's do um, a Doider cover." Because she tweeted about Doider, it was stupid, but I was like, "Hey, I like it too. Let's make something." Yeah. And we made the medicine cover that I have on my SoundCloud. She's doing really well now, like uh, three years after, I think? Mm -hmm. Or is it three years after? And it's, and it's doing really well right now. <laughs> I don't know why, but okay. <laughs> and yeah, and that's how we became friends. Mm -hmm. Started working on tracks together. And she's blowing up now, which is amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't think I contributed to it too much, 
but I'm happy that I've been part of her adventure because like I'm so proud of her. She's super great. Yeah. <laughs> What's your inspiration behind your EP Spleen? Uh, Spleen comes from a, a French writer called Baudelaire, which uh, created the Spleen pretty much. The Spleen is a feeling of uh, melancholia and sadness and happiness at the same time. Something that like something you feel when you pretty much like imagine like the big, the best picture is being. Uh, like lay down on a Sunday and not doing anything and you're just thinking about a lot of memories that you had and you're alone in your bed and yeah you don't know what to feel, you don't know if you're happy because those memories were great or if you want to go through mm -hmm. them again or whatever so you have this feeling, that feeling and it's called the spleen and I like the idea of having like my EP was not sad and was not happy, it was just about whatever you wanted to make it to be so I, I like the idea of naming, naming it Split because first it was showing a bit of French culture to people and I liked the idea that people could just look up the name and find about the real Spleen which, was in, which it was inspired of uh, the fact that like I'm French so <laughs> discovering my culture is great <laughs> and also yeah the fact that you can feel pretty much anything while listening to the EP mm -hmm. so yeah that's where it comes from yeah how did you meet Sophie Simons? Uh, I met her um, so she posted a song called Black Mirror, which I really liked, and I was and I told my manager Alistair that would like, hey, I like this song. Can you can we reach out to her? And that worked out. <laughs> so <laughs> and then I th yeah then I was flying to LA maybe like the week after or something. So we just set up a session and we worked together, and I wrote the track it, it, during the session. So the whole track was finished during the session. Oh wow. She had to stay like for half an hour, so I had to finish super quick. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it, don't worry, he's gonna be great. She told me I was a fast producer, so I was like... <laughs> was there a music video or no? Um, there was like... not, but I wish there will be. Oh, okay. I, like, I would like it. Yeah. What's the inspiration behind her song with her? Uh, I was just writing stuff because I had like a few ideas in mind. Pretty much when I have ideas, I don't try to think of them, I just put, put, them, put them down and see how it works. So I wrote the piano, the original piano, which was... Like, I built the song in its original order, so it went from intro to drop and stuff. I didn't start by the drop or anything. I just wrote the, the original piano loop, and then she started writing vocals on top of it, and through, like, with the help of the vocals, I shaped the song and finished it. Oh. How would you say your music has changed since the early songs you made? Uh, well, I was making Future Bass at first, like, when I went from Future Bass to more chill music, it was mainly because my inspiration changed, mm. and I was listening to a lot more, like, I'm not listening to a lot of electronic music, surprisingly, I'm listening to a lot of folk, a lot of indie pop and that kind of stuff, so I've never been into the, the very electronic side, and Future Bass just did not make sense to me, because that's not what I was listening to, like, on, the, on a daily basis. So yeah, I just decided to write chill music, and from there I progressed a lot. And I still have a bit of electronic music inspiration, like I'm like Beautiful Life is kind of future based in a sense, but future based doesn't really make sense anymore. Like everything is future based now. <laughs> you can you can listen to a Dragon Song Cloud and don't know do not know if it's like future beats, future bass, indie pop, electronic, whatever, because all the sounds kind of melted together and created I think what I would call a SoundCloud sound. <laughs> what I would call a SoundCloud sound, which is like pretty much all the producers from SoundCloud that kind of reunited into things. Like Drew Lou. Drew Lou is not feature based to me. And I think people make that mistake a lot. 
but Julu has nothing that is actual feature based in their sound. So yeah, it was just living feature based, making my own thing, and I started picking up guitar again and then singing. And now it's pretty much all this. Like all the new songs I'm making now, it's pretty much voice and guitar and a lot less electronic elements in my songs. Mm -hmm. How do you say you've grown as a person since you were younger? Uh, well, I'm a lot less rebellious. I'm trying to understand things more. <laughs> Uh, like at a young age, I think you can see it, but I was emo and stuff, like I was really deep into <laughs> emo roots and not like cutting yourself and all that shit, but it was very, very about like learning about myself in very sad ways, like l knowing what my uh, emotions were, were like and how to dominate them or how to actually lose against them. and. Yeah, it was it was very much like, like my young age was pretty much this like very feeling very sad. What would you say have been your biggest challenges so far? I'm gonna say overcoming depression, but I'm not sure I did because it's a, it's always a struggle, I guess. But um, yeah, I've never been actually depressed, like the very sickness of it. But I've always been like very near it, <laughs> and I think also I was gonna. It's gonna understand that the same the same way I do because we've all been feeling that way, and that's why we like like that's why we work together a lot more. It's not because we're just a band that works together. We're also like very deep friends that have the same feelings and share the same view about the world. And the way we'll cope with sadness was making music. So yeah, depression was always there, laying around me and just being around me. And making music helped me a lot. As much as it did not help as well, because we've seen it with Avicii and all that stuff, but mm. music can put, put a lot of pressure on you and kind of destroy your mental health. So yeah, there, there's always been this around me. And I think I'm winning, finally. Mm. Like after a, few, after a few years, I think I'm winning and ready to overtake it. That's good. So yeah, that would be the biggest challenge I have. Mm -hmm. What does love mean to you? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That's so hard to answer. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, the way I've been dealing with love has always been pretty bad. I was a friend-zone guy. Always. Always been. And not anymore. I have a girlfriend. Yay. <laughs> I overcame that too, as well. <laughs> Finally. But yeah, it's always been very weird. And... I don't know. I've never had, like, happy relationships and stuff with love. So I'm just actually discovering a, a lot about it now, which is great. <laughs> but yeah, I don't have a real answer because I'm not sure I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Last question, what do you want to be remembered for? I don't know, I want to make a change. I don't want to make a change with my music or anything. I think my music will not die out, but like I think I will eventually quit music to make something else. Really? Because I, yeah, I, I love art uh, as it is. I don't love music, I just love creating and making things. So I could be a writer, I could be a paint, like a painter, I could be anything, just anything that co that is related to creation. So I would love to, like, find my own voice through creation and create something that would be remembered. That's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you for the interview. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.